Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on What's happening everybody and welcome to this, another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Live, 14 stories high in Glasgow in a week where we've seen cash-ins, heel turns, the greatest slide ever recorded in wrestling, and enough botches to make David Hockney jealous as anything. Uh, but we are, as the vessels, will be transmitting back in time and looking at a historic pay-per-view and how we book it differently. And a first here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your host this week, Stephen Wilson, and joining me tonight, first, rumour has it that he is ahead of Flip Gordon in the queue to be next announced at All In. It's Strack. Strack, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Looking forward to that All In match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you're fighting Cody. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't like it, man. It's good to have you back on, Strack. And joining us as well this evening, People have described them as a less attractive brother duo than the Hardys, but with slightly less charisma than the Colognes, it's Ross and Scott, the McClouds! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Can I just say on that all-in point, the tickets go on sale on my birthday if MD wants to just be a pal. You know what I mean? Just all you need to do is spend about two grand tickets to Chicago. <laughs> but yes, you have been introduced as a duo. The first time the McClough brothers are together are on air. I, I thought I'd, I came separately with him uh, and he caught me halfway up the hill. <laughs> I had to walk in with him. You came separately? Yeah, well, he had to go. Ah. He had to drop keys off to somebody. <laughs> how's it going, guys? Ross, right. Scott, how's it going? Good. It's the best brother duel since the Holy Cousins. Yeah, yes, yes. I was better in my head, but I started too much. <laughs> <laughs> the, ghost, the ghost of David's haunting me. <laughs> And rounding us off tonight, he's mic'd up, but rumour has it, I hear this from Dave, that he was heard from America checking Jackie Polo. Really? He, oh, was, really? <laughs> he was that loud on Sunday. <laughs> it's the EP, Quackuaji. What's up, what's up? How's it going? They barred yourself. Yes, very good, very good. I'm quite excited after seeing a Kenny Williams heel turn. <laughs> I knew it was happening. I'm loving it this. Here. Can I just say I'm loving this drum and bass vibe for this show today. <laughs> it's nice that Quacky got off the fence for that match to join us here tonight. <laughs> I think not get, get off the fence. I'm still on he that. Joined, fence. He joined the right side. <laughs> I was liking you until you said that point. You've just ruined it. But yes, this is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, and tonight we'll be doing a first on on the podcast. But we'll be doing our first ever how we'd book it differently, which essentially means we'll be going back at historic pay per view. And saying how we would book it now with the obviously hindsight. Uh, first, a disclaimer: we do not claim to know more than WWE. We're just five guys trying to have a, a bit of banter and a laugh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So, if you want to join in the debate and you're listening live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We are at Suplex Retweet. Right, guys, just ready to talk about this event, which is the 1999 King of the Ring. Oh, I can't wait. Part <laughs> of my childhood. Why? Why I chose this, you may ask. Well. Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias were too predictable and we did so much WrestleMania stuff so I thought Kick of the Ring is the first one I ever got on video. Strack saw it live. So um yeah. Spot <laughs> the pension in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we're gonna go back and look at the 
the King of the Ring 99 pay-per-view with hindsight and see how we would book it if we, if we you know, we're Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt and we're able to go back in time and be on the moon landing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They've went that way on Raw, why not, you know. So, yeah, so first of all, we're going to start off with the actual King of the Ring tournament. For people who have only started watching wrestling recently, they used to have a tournament where they crowned the King. Uh, it was a part, it was the equivalent to Money in the Bank, apart from this year, in 1999. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the actual build-up to the tournament, the bracket itself, and the actual the quarterfinals, the semi-finals, and the finals. Looking to see if we if they picked the right man to win it. Looking back, and in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about all the other matches on the card, which includes a world title match featuring the birthday boy Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. There you go, Ross. There's his pug. You happy? My best friend. <laughs> I miss you, Dwayne. <laughs> right, guys, you ready to go? Yep. Okay, let's start off with the King of the Ring tournament. Now, on the night itself, it featured eight men fighting in quarterfinals, then semifinals, and the final itself. But on TV, they also had first round matches. And we're going to look at the the guys who were in these first round matches and then the guys in the quarterfinal think, did they get it right with who they picked? So, running through the guys who were in this last 16, we've got X-Pac, The Boss Man, Hardcore Holly, Al Snow, Val Venus, China, The Godfather, Road Dog, Test, Kane, Draws, Big Show, Jeff Jarrett, Ken Shamrock, Viscera, and Billy Gunn. Brief. <laughs> the people who advanced to the semi-final, uh, the quarterfinals were Billy Gunn, Ken Shamrock, Big Show Kane, Road Dog, China, Hardcore Holly, and X-Pac. Now, quick, we've quickly ran through those names, so obviously we'll take a wee minute to have a look at it. Did they get the guys, the eight guys, right based on these last 16? Strack, I'm going to start with you on this one. What was your thoughts? Did the right guys go through to the actual King of the Ring tournament? Would you have picked other ones? No, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe swapped it Hardcore Holly. Um, for some day, I know they had the whole big show push the car on top of Hardcore Holly. Mm-hmm. That's how they kind of needed to get that angle. But match quality wise, Hardcore, I'm not saying Hardcore isn't a good worker, but I'd maybe put somebody in that you could believe. Like, it's better to have a tournament where you can believe anybody can win this. Because mm-hmm. you're looking at Kane or Big Show or looking at X Pop. Billy Gunn, maybe even China, you're like, they could possibly win this, mm-hmm. but Hardcore Holly, you're just like, nah, he's there to fill the space. Well, Hardcore Holly, it looked like at the start of the King of the Ring, he played a big part in the show, but we'll kind of talk about that when we go on to the quarterfinals section. Uh, Ross, what was your thoughts? Did you think they got these last dates right, based on the 16 I mentioned, or could you have seen some, would you like to have seen some other names get onto the card? I'd like to have seen Bossman, but X-Pac had a good run to the final, so I'd like to have kept him, but maybe put Bossman in a different match and have him in the tournament. And plus, we were talking before we came in there, Triple H wasn't even on the card. Mm-hmm. Maybe put him in there. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, uh, to, kinda, to people, uh, obviously, who are maybe not familiar with the Attitude Era wrestling, uh, some of these names don't stand out as household names. I mean, obviously, if you're big fans of the Attitude Era, these are some of the staples of that time. But uh, to a lot of people that maybe talk about Big Show and obviously now a mayor, Kane. No, he's not mayor yet. Is he not mayor yet? No, no. he's won the Republican vote. Has he won the Republican vote? Right, so basically, it's like, it's like a King of the Ring style tournament. <laughs> he, he's got to the final. He won the semis, he's now in the final. I love how you've compared an election to the King of the Ring. But King of the Ring's very interesting. <laughs> Scott, do you agree with the guys' thoughts in these last 16? Or well, yeah. I think I agree with Austin that I wouldn't really have changed anybody except maybe rearrange it so that the boss man could go on as well, because... Well, especially when this time, even though he was involved in some really silly story, especially with like Big Show, he, uh, he was still a good heel when he came back. So maybe have him in there. 
He was involved in Sunday Night Heat in this show. He took on the Corporate Ministry's team of Midian and Viscera. Oh, that's a great <laughs> substitute, isn't it? <laughs> Quacker, you also watched the, the King of the Ring 99. Uh, yeah. do you, what, what's your thoughts on these eight men that made it through? Would you, would you have, would you have been happy if you'd seen that on paper before? Well, my first thought was, this is DX-mania. <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. affiliates, or whatever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had Road Dog China, X Pac, and Billy Gunn all making it through to the quarterfinals. So that's half of the obviously that quarterfinals. So there's a very good chance that somebody who was in DX was going to win that one. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking at it. I mean, obviously looking at the bracket. You saw talking about Bossman, but he was put with X Pac, so he should X Pac. I like say X Pac. I know I always say X Pac. I don't know why I say that. X Pac, uh, X Pac. JR and Pat Patterson used to always say X Pac. Yeah, that's quite, that's probably how it got. I probably just grew up listening. In fact, the song says it as well. X-Pac. X-Pac. <laughs> Actually, the Broad Dog, when he said he was doing his, his promo about facing, he called him X-Pac and he went, I mean X-Pac. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can't even get your best so, mate's name right. <laughs> it is really just like, for people obviously know, obviously people will be familiar with DX, but it's like, if you if Ring of Honor ran an eight-man tournament today, mm-hmm. putting four members of the Bullet Club in it, yeah, it'd, just be, it'd be like, no, these guys all like each other. Why are we having them feud? Well, it was obviously the point where a DX had br- were breaking, were in the midst of breaking up. I mean, DX was just Road Dog and X Pack. Well, the Bullet Club's just Cody at the minute. <laughs> I <laughs> suppose we don't really know what's going on in the Bullet Club. You know, and I mean, apparently they're fine, but uh, I think all in will be the good judge on that one. Uh, so yeah, it's but on sale my birthday. <laughs> he will cons- constantly plug that until someone buys him a ticket. Thirteen. <laughs> I'll buy a present. I'll buy a lump of coal, mate. <laughs> There you Is go, Adam Cole. <laughs> bye bye. No <laughs> so that guy at ICW, by the way, kept shouting Aspen Faith, bye bye. I didn't even know. Why? I, I, I couldn't hear over the sound of Jamie and Stacey laughing at me when Jackie beat Lionel. <laughs> it was me as well, don't worry about it. But, uh, so yeah, back to the King of the Ring. I mean, we're quite happy with, some, with the eight that they put through. I mean, I mean, it's even just looking at that 16, it's kind of uninspired. <laughs> I would have, I'd have changed Jeff Jarrett for Hardcore Holly. I'd have swapped that out. Yeah. Well, look, obviously the the ones who made it through were uh, X-Pac Hardcore Holly, Road Dog China, Big Show Kane, Billy Gunn, ha- uh, Shamrock. Now the thing, next thing was obviously the bracket's obviously key in a tournament. Obviously you get kind of you kind of see where they're going with who's going to make it to the final. We talked about that when we did the WrestleMania preview with the Cruiserweight Championship tournament. It was quite obvious that Cedric was going to make it through, and the other side was what was interesting. Now looking at the bracket on this one. We had uh, the top half of it was Billy Gunn, Shamrock, Big Show, Kane, and in the bottom half we had Road Dog, China, Hardcore Holly, and X Pack. Now, did they get that? Was this bracket correct? Should they have kind of switched up a wee bit on that one, Ross? What was your thoughts? Did they get these top halves, top bottom halves right? I think Road Dog and China had a story going into it, mm-hmm. so that that worked well. Uh, Hardcore Holly was facing the Big Show. Maybe they should uh No hardcore holly face the X Pack. No, I mean he was feuding with him. Oh, feuding with the big show, sorry, yeah, sorry. Sorry, my my slip up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why not have him in the first round? But they done it the year late the a year later, it was Chris Benoit was feuding with Rikishi mm-hmm. and uh, Jericho was feuding with Angle at the time. So mm-hmm. they they put them in the first round matches. Mm-hmm. So it got a pay per view blow off and it advanced a storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, obviously one of the one of the brackets in there was Big Show Kane. I mean, Stra- uh, Strack, uh, these two have probably been the favourites in a lot of people's eyes going into it. Obviously, we talked to them looking back, they'd probably be the ones people would have thought would have won this. Uh, back then, you'd have probably looked at your favourites would have been Kane or Big Show. I mean, the big, po- big Show was all of the posters and things like that. So, I mean, they, people thought, oh, that's a bit open, but mm-hmm. apparently it's a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yes, I'm saying you, you want a tournament to look like that, where you've got a potentially you kind of guess who's going to win this because you do see some tournaments and you go, I've got to predict this. Like Royal Rumbles, you can predict who's going to win out of thirty people, mm-hmm. which is just boring. Yeah, yeah like having you- Kane and Big Show. They probably were your favourites. I'd have probably said X Pac because of obviously how popular he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you get China, or could this be the first ever Queen of the Ring? So it was quite open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I personally would have kind of separate the Big Show and Kane. Maybe put them in different quarterfinal brackets. Maybe get them into the semi-final. Aye. You know, because Kane obviously was the, he was kind of the, the one guy. He was the only guy at that point who was a world champion going into it. So. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Big Show had won it in WCW, but not in WWE. Uh, Scott, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, like, as there have been arranged kind of the brackets that uh, now at Road Dog and X-Pot meeting the semis mm-hmm. and they kind of build up them being friends, I would have rearranged so that it's kind of Road Dog and Billy Gunn that are in the finals, carefully off the fact that they were the they were tag team champions together, they were the outlaws in there. They, they never really had a, a one-on-one match because they split a couple of things, but they never actually had a one-on-one match, unlike most tag teams when they break up. Mm. So would you have had uh, X X Park in the diff- in the top half instead? Or would you kind of have had it switched about? No, I, kind of, I think I switched Rodog out for somebody else in the rush and move him up to the same bracket Billy Gunn was in. Yeah, hmm. I was going to say that. How funny would it have been if it was Rodog against Billy Gunn and X Park against China? Obviously, no, but we don't know. That would have been so funny. <laughs> <laughs> right, see, but you're just saying Kane's the only guy that was a world champion <laughs> in WWF or WWE. The only person to win a world title after that was Big Show. No one else in the 16 bracket won a world title right. in WWF. Mm, that's a great start. Great start. Well done, Ross. You have Dave's last week without, without being here, and he's this, he just keeps getting trumped on the stats front. Uh, Quacky, what's your thoughts on the bracket? Would you think they got the bracket right? You think they got the order of them right, or would you have put people differently? Well, it's, it's war. It's, it's just war, what's. It's just more to the fact of what they've got in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's what they it's what they could work with. Mm-hmm. I think that initially, the brackets are the brackets. You see heel versus heel. You see face versus face nowadays in wrestling. It's not a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more as long as you've got the right people in at the right time. That's the kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This, to me, it just seems like there's just too many people of the same factions together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, it was kind of, it came across a bit a bit like DX Mania, you mm-hmm. know, so it made, it, it, obviously they were, the year before WWE's, WWE's big stable, so it was kind of, they had a lot of guys in there, so. But, also, uh, Shawn Michaels was commissioner. He was commissioner, yeah. He put, played a big part in the show, as we'll kind of talk about later on, he did a lot, he got himself involved quite a decent bit, you know, both backstage and in, in uh, at Roundabout uh, Insight. One of the things I will say, this was right before WWE, uh, WWF got a big influx of new talent. They mm. get the four radicals, they get Chris Jericho, mm. they get Kurt Angle making his full. It was in the dark match on this show, which we spoke about before we went on air. But he came up and just took to it instantly. Yeah. Like, there was so, so many people that could have been in this tournament, and yet they were a year late. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly, but... Uh, Moving on now, we're going to talk about the actual matches themselves. Now, this could be quite interesting. We could uh, completely change who's going to win the King of the Ring here, if you look back. So, the first match that they did in the quarterfinals, Hardcore Holly versus X-Pac. Uh, Strack, you you said Hardcore Holly wasn't, shouldn't have been in the last eight, but he obviously got a match and he lost pretty decisively. What was your thoughts on this? And did you think the finish to this was fine? With it was kind of like a, a, it was almost like a squash match between X-Pac and Hardcore Holly. It's Hardcore Holly just 
beating them, beating them, and then I suddenly come back and then I win. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to do the whole big show, Hardcore Holly, if they had a swapped, say, Hardcore Holly for Jeff Jarrett, then the big show's match with Kane, he could have brought in mm-hmm. Hardcore Holly, hit him with a chair, and then that would have maybe got something going after them. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't see the point in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Scott, it was a DQ finish, obviously. It kind of it kind of leads into what we may talk about later on in terms of X-Pac's run in the tournament, but uh, what was your thoughts on this? I thought it kind of made Tarko Hall look a bit stupid, to be honest with you, because, really, it's got nothing going on with X-Pac, so, and they just randomly decided to pick up a chair and get himself disqualified, essentially costing himself a chance to be king of the ring, mm-hmm. and, and then just gets involved later on in the bit, so it just felt, like, pointless to me. Yeah, because uh, Rossi, he, he went straight backstage and kind of took the mick out of Terry Taylor first of all and then said <laughs> he, he, he told her he wouldn't, didn't forget about the big show so did it kind of make sense to put him in this kind of throwaway match should he have obviously been more in the t- in roundabout where Big Show and Kane were in the tournament I think so but at the same time like the match went three minutes and two seconds mm-hmm. as Strack and Scott say it was just beat down beat down beat down and it made Hardcore Holler look incredibly stupid mm-hmm. it wasn't as if it was like like we see it later on the Road Dog China match, Road Dog fighting for Munder. Same with the WWE title match, Rock having to fight against the odds. This was three minutes. It was like you tried to pin him twice. I mean, Calm down. Take a minute. <laughs> Maybe hit your finisher. See how we get on there. I mean, if, I mean, if he'd won, actually won the match, there's a chance he could have fought Big Show in the next round, so he could have got his revenge there. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just wait and see what happens? Yeah, it, it kind of seemed pointless by uh, Kwaku, it was obviously kind of fell into the DX Mania type thing, it was just a way of getting uh, X-Pop was kind of that sympathetic babyface at this point in time, mm-hmm. so I think it was kind of done to make him look like he was obviously he was uh, building himself up to for a big comeback towards the end, you think? Did you agree on that? I suppose so, I... Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it, so nobody thinks that Hardcore Holly should have went through instead of X-Pac, nope. yep. Xbox a fair shout. Yes. Brilliant, excellent, that's... We could, we could book this exactly the same, that would be awkward. <laughs> How we'd book it differently? The same. <laughs> <laughs> right, looking at the next match, we've got Kane and uh, the Big Show, which we did get Hardcore Holly back out, but um, personally I was quite confused on this when uh, uh, Ross Kane came across really healy in this match, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, there's a... I think it was... I can't remember who revealed it, but it was in a shoot interview they said <laughs> the chokehold that Kane does that lasts for about five minutes. The referee was down and meant to give him a signal, and Big Show never get the signal, and never get the signal, and never get the. And eventually, it, you can see his lips moving, and then they pan away from him. It's just him going, "I'm just going to do it now." I can't even remember what the comeback was. It's just it's a chokehold that lasts for about ten minutes, and it's like the weakest chokehold ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, Strack, you're obviously the big man in the room who has done wrestling. Uh, a poorly fought out match from two guys who are future Hall of Famers. You think? It's. See, that's the thing where you try and plant a, sp- a spot with a ref and they take a bump and they don't really know what part you're at because mm-hmm. if the ref was to glance down saying, alright, there's the, the chokehold part and then said, right, well, that's the cue mm-hmm. but the refs try to, one of many ref bumps, try and look like it's legit so I think the guy should maybe, five minutes is a long time if you, if you get stuck at a point, I was always told, it's better to call it after caller Mm-hmm. If you if you planned it out and it's not running that way, just scrap it and start calling off the call until you can get to a point where you can continue what you planned. Don't yeah. just. I've I've seen matches where guys have had somebody in like a camel clutch for like twelve minutes. 
because mm. they don't they forgot what totally was happening. I've seen this in training matches. I, I'm, I'm not lying at all. I've seen guys just put people on them and I'm like, are they, they they're they're walking around with a constant bend in their back? But I just constantly <laughs> just in a camel question looking about and I'm like, right, the guy in the bottom's either forgot what he's doing or the guy in the tap's completely forgot what he's doing. But you should get you should give some advice to Jinder Mahal about how you can overcome something that doesn't go right. <laughs> but the, the Royal Rumble with the Jeff thing, the mm. West one went, just move and just attack him. Don't don't try and resell it. You missed it, so just. I would have said it was the worst botch of the night, and then Titus O'Neil said it kind of came round and played his own His was funny. Aye, mm-hmm. his, was just bad. His didn't lead to a pinfall. His led to a t shirt. <laughs> He's going to make money off of that. He's got a feud with Baron Corbin coming up now, it looks like it as well. <laughs> Dana Brooke on TV, Ross. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, I wish she would stop flexing. Why does she flex? There's nothing to flex. Don't know, dear. But uh, back on the match, I mean, Scott, you mentioned it in the previous match, Hardcore Holly looking stupid, and he looks even more stupid in this match, coming out and pretty much getting took down within a minute. <laughs> Not even a minute, within 30 <laughs> seconds. Was there any point in him coming out just to do that? No, like I said before, just wait and see what happens. You might get big shows in the next round if you just won your match normally. Mm-hmm. But I think as we covered before, I wouldn't have even had these two in the first round to begin with. Mm-hmm. This is kind of match, match you're really giving away if you're putting in the first round lead. Let it happen in like the semis. Yeah, put them in the same like bracket, but don't have them in the first round against each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of, as I said, I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought Kane came across really desperately in this one, which wasn't Kane at this point in time. He was very much the big red machine, and I thought, uh, I just thought the hope that you could, the crowd were hating it, which was well. I mean, would you? I think if they, the both of them look back at it, they would think that chokehold segment was just was yeah. rotten, you know. The crowd were actually pretty rowdy for the match as a whole, and then that chokehold segment, like, much like Big Show, it strangled the life out of the entire crowd. Aye. Uh, uh-huh. There was a bit as well that just the crowd just went, eh? They both went for a big boot, and they both moved in slow motion because they both went too quickly. Mm. And it was sort of like an awkward, they're on one leg, they had to hop, and then they got as close as they could to each other and then just fell. It was like, what was that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, in terms of the actual finish of the match, would we have um, had a bit a different winner, or would we have all went for Kane going through if we had to pick between the two of them? Uh, sorry, this is hard for me because I'm a big Kane fan. But like I said, the reason, the reason I wouldn't have them in the first round is because these are two of your more believable winners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd actually have Big Show go through, and I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I'd actually have Big Show kind of win the whole thing because mm. he's the newest one out of all, and this is meant to build a new star. I think he's a more believable new star than who would who would go on to win it. Yeah, but he kind of looking back on Big Show, then he was kind of a bit green. I think at that point in time, I think it was fair to say he wasn't the pot, he wasn't polished. Yeah, but he's a big man, and we know how much Vince loves his big man. Uh, true, Dad. Where's, where's David? Where, where's David when you need him? <laughs> big sweaty man. <laughs> Anybody else agree with Scott and Big Show? Or can we go with Kane? Anyway, I'd have put Kane through. I'd have, I'd have had Big Show won the tournament. I'd Ooh, interesting. Quacky, uh, what do you, you think? Uh, sorry. I don't know if I want to pick oh, Sorry, Ross, you that, I, I would have said Kane. Bit simple. My my booking of him would have been Big Show winning it and then going on to feud with his tag partner at the time, The Undertaker, who was world champion. Mm-hmm. We'd already seen for a full year Kane versus The Undertaker. We didn't need it again. <laughs> so it was sort of like, I've had Big Show this time. Ross, I'm kind of look, uh, looking back on the one we did. You hosted last week, the Greatest Royal Rumble, and this 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 show is essentially fantasy booking, which you did plenty of oh, in that I show last so week. So much fantasy, it would have been so much better if I booked that show. <laughs> <laughs> looking back on it, you're probably right. Strack had a decent uh, fantasy booking as well, which didn't go, which I went nowhere either. Yeah. How good would that be? 
Aye. have a split personality because then you get your demon you get your political Finn Balor <laughs> did you stop that now the whole multicoloured flag thing yeah, he came out with it in Raw he came Raw, out with a t-shirt on it but how good would that be have a split personality where it's <laughs> like kind of the Bray Wyatt sister Abigail except done better like the the corporate Kane demon Kane in 2015 I mean, not as bad as that well <laughs> I, I thought that was quite funny it was just Kane's wee cheesy face as he shows up just like why is Seth running away terrified? I, I just wanted to say hello, and then ten minutes later he comes out with a mask on and absolutely levels him. <laughs> uh, on to the third quarter final now, we had Billy Gunn, Shamrock. Now, uh, Strack, uh, Shamrock took a bit of a beating on the Sunday Night Heat with uh, Steve Blackman and a kendo stick. Uh, was it right for Shamrock to come out and wrestle, or would you have had Billy Gunn win by Shamrock not being able to compete? No, I think that what they done with that was... Uh, that sounds really geeky, but I know for a, there's a match that he done with Vader, and I think it was Japan, and he done the same kind of finish, he was internal bleeding, which mm-hmm. I'm still trying to work out how he got the blood in the mouth, because I've never seen a gel capsule getting passed, or, mm-hmm. unless they'd done it really slyly, but Shamrock, the, the point of his character was, he just wouldn't quit, he wouldn't give up, and he just wanted to fight, so that was kind of the good thing about him. Belie- it kind of didn't make Shamrock look as if he get beat fair and square, it was like, like an easy way for Billy Gunn to win advance to the tournament mm-hmm. without being another kind of ref bump or like cheer shot or something like that it was kind of his pass to get by Shamrock yeah and I mean Ross it kind of plays perfectly to Shamrock, Shamrock's character doesn't it as a ga- as a a bit s- bit of a nutter bit of a nutter but a bit naive yeah. as well well it was said to be the most, world's most dangerous man he was meant to be unhinged and it was Billy Gunn, I can't exactly say what Billy Gunn said on air, due to your time slot. <laughs> but uh, Billy Gunn called him out and then you just see Shamrock going, he called me what? He called me what? <laughs> he actually throws a ref and he doesn't get a good enough grip on him. So Aye. He, <laughs> uh, sorry, an EMT, sorry. Uh-huh. And the guy basically just takes the bump himself <laughs> in slow motion and just kind of hits the wall like... And that's it. <laughs> I mean, know what I don't kind of get? I mean, that's where Shamrock is meant to have been the whole show since Heat. And at no point does anybody kind of acknowledge the fact he's there, even though it's right next to the, the, the entrance to the gorilla position. There's a bit after the WWE title match where <laughs> Vince is on the phone a what would be Steve Blackman. Mm-hmm. And because of where they've filmed it, The Rock's meant to have taken this big massive beating and it turns around and you just see The Rock talking to somebody, towel their one shoulder, bottle of water in hand, and he just kind of notices the camera and goes, oh, and jumps back <laughs> ah, to the door. <laughs> Kind of like Road Warrior Hawk style with Va- in the Vader, Vader. promo. <laughs> <laughs> We're live, pal. <laughs> I love that. I think that's brilliant. But uh, no, the heck, this is uh, a, 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 you think this was well done to get Billy Gunn through. Yeah. Aye. Any objections to this? I think it was no. the only believable way they could have done it because he's kind of taken advantage of an injury. Whereas I think there were a lot of fans who, given how Shamrock has been built up, especially in the year previous, mm-hmm. if he just like lost cleanly. 100% to Billy Gunn. I think there were a lot of people who were taking a step back, like, uh, I don't really buy that. Yeah, it, it kind of made sense. It's one of the ones in the quarterfinals that kind of made sense. I mean, looking at the final quarterfinal, the way they did that didn't make too much sense to me when it was a road dog in China and a match which pretty much kind of lasted longer than the three other quarterfinals combined. Uh, I mean, what was your thoughts on this one? Uh, a lot of people thought China could have uh, became the first woman in the ring in this one. Uh, she did a really, sorry. really bad promo before it as well. I used to dream about being a princess. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can become a queen. Jesus Christ. You seem happy about it, don't you? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Scott, what was your thoughts? So, well, did you think this was done right, or would you have changed how this was done? Well, well first of all, I want to say, like, 
kind of film Dave role here, role here. Like the entire tournament and this night none of the matches went longer than this one this is the only one they went more than 10 minutes and apparently I can't remember where I've seen it is this may have been the first ma- match involving a woman in the WF that went longer than 10 minutes mm. I think it was right that it was China in it she was doing a lot of first like and this one being the first woman who won no went sorry to be in King of the Ring mm-hmm. and uh, I actually thought what do you think the chances are that she could have won it because I actually wouldn't have minded if she did win because there were rumours of her Vince Russo wanting her to win the WWE title at SummerSlam yeah because she was a number one contender at one yeah. point but uh, Strack was a we talked about Triple H not really having much was it on the cards I mean had far too much involvement in this match I think and it kind of slowed the match down you know, you it's I, I did like the premise of the match because it was well played out and the kind of whole Road Dog didn't want to hit her but at the same time he just he didn't really know which way to go around about it Triple H keep intervening um, China being possibly the first ever Queen of the Ring so you're kind of thinking if Road Dog doesn't hit her and she just keeps wailing on him there's a good possibility she could not advance but then obviously at the end of the match comes it kind of just the three jabs in the face Mm-hmm. Which now would be frowned upon, <laughs> but back then it was hilarious. Um, it was a good, it was a good match. It was, uh, it was probably really well planned the, the way it was, it was done stage by stage. And, and you look at the finish. I mean, it's something that um, AJ Styles should be implementing in his current food with Shinsuke Nakamura with the protective cup. Uh-huh. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? Was that the right way to end this match, or should um, it, w- it went differently towards S- the end? Something I pointed out as well. Road Dog's right in SmackDown now. Mm-hmm. Could we see that old trick that he used be used at uh, Backlash? Well, many people criticise Road Dogg's writing, you know. That'd be one of the good things, because it'd be something that makes sense. Yeah, but will Road Dogg actually think that's a good idea, you know? Well, it's not a woman's six-man tag, so it's probably (laughs) a six-woman tag, I should say. How many multi-men or women matches have we seen since WrestleMania? Too many. Far too many. That's why nobody cares about the women's division when there's singles matches because they interact far too much when there's tag matches. I mean, it's the same. It was the same on Raw with that dream team of uh, Owen Zay and obviously a dream tag team and Jinder Mahal. I mean, whoever thought, let's put Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns in the opening promo of Raw. I don't know who's writing Raw these days, but I've not watched Raw yet, and you're not exactly giving me a reason to. (laughs) (laughs) I've not watched Raw every two years. Watched SmackDown and NXT. (laughs) Should uh, Should China went through, or was Road Dog the right guy in this one? I'd like to have seen China go through him. I used the wrong choice. I realised I made a wrong choice of words by saying right guy. You <laughs> <laughs> said it twice at the start. He says oh, eight men advanced and I went, no, oh, I felt like, seven. I felt like mentioning that, but I didn't want to. That guy. <laughs> Upstage me, come on. We've we've had botches in the Greatest Royal Rumble. We can have botches more here. More and more sexism from hosts here on Eat Sleep Suplex. And we are not a part of this. <laughs> The we're views of Stephen Wilson do not reflect the rest of the members of Eat Sleep Suplex Dream Tweet. Sorry Scott, back to you. What I was saying was, I would have liked to have seen her go a bit further in the tournament, given that she was the first woman to compete in the tournament, because like she was in the big bad deal over her being in the Rumble coming at number 30, she lasted all of two minutes. Yeah. So, and like, you could have had, like, you know, he did interfered all a bit too much, having, if you wanted to protect Road Dogg, because like, there were certain people who didn't like selling for a chain, but Road Dogg didn't seem to have a problem with it. But you could have Triple H interfere, help her, and uh, that kind of protects Road Dog, because I don't know. Yeah, I'm I would not trying to say to you, but I don't think they would have like they were fully behind like guys getting beat by yeah, a woman. It was, the, it was the sort of attitude at the time. Hmm. I would have yeah. been quite happy to see China go through. I would have go through. I would have rather had than Road Dog. I think Road Dog. Looking what we're going to talk about in the, the, the semi-final match, I don't think there was much point in going through. 
personally. Because, no, I mean, no. look at the future of that. China was an Intercontinental Champion. She, she feuded with Jericho. She mm. feuded with Jeff Jarrett, which were, uh, they were really good matches, I think. So Good housekeeping match. Is that that was hilarious. It's a hilarious match, but it's brilliant. I'll look back He's now. He's figure forward a random person in the crowd. <laughs> the, the other thing as well, it's... Road Dog was an entrance and nothing more, whereas X-Pac for nearly two years was getting that sort of almost there push, like he fought The Rock at Capital Cams for the title, he got to the last four of Rumble, he won the European title multiple times, he beat like, bigger men, he was always the underdog, mm-hmm. sort of like a Daniel Bryan style figure, but for like, back then. Yeah, until he got the, until X-Pac heat started coming about. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like, X-Pac heat's a thing, he got three pops that night and there were three of the big, he got a bigger pop than The Rock and The Undertaker. Yeah, I think they kind of get sick of him as his time went yeah. on, but, um, but uh, yeah, no, sorry, what I was going to say is, it would have worked better China going through with Triple H's interference. I would agree. And in the next match because it would have worked better for the X Pac story. No, but I can I completely agree on that one. I think obviously I think we should have got China going through. Uh, moving on to the semi final matches now, we got Billy Gunn versus Kane in this one. We got a bit of continuity with uh, the big show getting some revenge in this one. Uh, did you think that was uh, judging Billy Gunn's first match in the quarterfinals extract. Do you think this was the right way for Billy Gunn to get through with somebody's help technically? I think it's like you know, they've done it to protect Billy Gunn as if he got through by cheating, he got through by injury and they were building up the heat. I think that, as I say the whole tournament as I say apart from the Hardcore Holly thing was done really well because it's Billy Gunn was built up with a really good heat heel behind him and then you had the X-Park going up through being the underdog so I think that's what they were planning to kind of when the, the, the clash came. Mm. So I think no, that's is a good way they were doing it with Billy Gunn, kind of trying to keep him safe and make it look like he strolled through the tournament rather than because if it was a heel and won it fairly, they kind of be like, well, he might be a bad guy, but he, he, he had the right to win it. Mm. Ross Scott, do you kind of agree with the strikes coming on in that one, or well, are there any different thoughts? I get what Big Joe was going for because Kane hit him with a chair in the last in their in their match, but. It was really it was Holly that introduced the chair, so he's beast really with Arco Holly, not with Kane. Mm. Kane was doing what anyone else would have done. He's seen an opportunity, to use the chair. Mm. But uh, I would actually have swapped these around and like had Shamrock be Big Show as a semi final because I think that's a much more interesting match because I don't I don't recall if that match has ever actually happened. Uh, they, were, they were in the union together round about this okay, time. remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> about a couple of months before that, so obviously. So, uh, the I put a note here. It just says Billy Gunn beats Kane in, five, in just over five minutes. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't a fan of this? No. <laughs> uh, that well, Ross, you're the Billy Gunn of the McLeod family. <laughs> <laughs> were you happy? How could t- you do this to Kane? <laughs> <laughs> were you Were you happy with how this match went, or would you have seen, Would you have kind of played it out differently. See, it, it's more realistic because look, you look at the actual match itself, Billy Gunn is a big bit of a guy, mm-hmm. but next to Kane, he looks no, like nothing. Mm-hmm. So Billy Gunn gave as good as he could, but it was just Kane's power constantly, constantly taking him down. The only way he was going to win was by cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it worked into the storyline of like, big, like anything could happen at that time you didn't know who was coming out and I think it was worked well because it set up a feud with Kane and Big Show later on down the line and I think we'd all rather see Kane feud with Big Show than Big Show feud with Harcourt Holly who is the definition of bland Was Harcourt Holly not still about the feud around the bit? Uh, did they not get quite involved to start with? He was always like the other guy in a feud 
Like, was the other guy in that feud? Was the other guy in the China Chris Jericho feud? That was random. At Royal Rumble 2000, yeah. wonder uh, how he got involved in that and it had pretty much nothing cause, in Because everyone watched the Armageddon match and went, you know what this match could use? Hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of this, do you think it, so? This one was apart from Scott. Do you think you, you both think this was done rightly? Done right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Billy Gunn going through is right over Kane in the circumstances, or would you have kind of changed it and put Kane going through somehow? Well, originally I had Big Show winning the whole thing, so <laughs> neither of them would be in this match at this point in my mm-hmm. in my fantasy booking. It's interesting kind of thought. So would you have would you have had Big Show versus? Some Shamrock as well. Big no, I'd had I'd had Big Show versus Billy Gunn because it plays into the Shamrock injury uh-huh. and they want revenge on the corporation and Blackman and all that. But Big Show was brought in with such a a big entrance, like Jesus, look at the size of this guy, you know. Aye. He attacks Stone Cold and then the next month at WrestleMania he's losing to Mankind. This mm. was a perfect opportunity to build him up. He was teaming with Undertaker at the time. Perfect opportunity to have partner v partner turn one of them face depending on the crowd reaction mm. and this was the perfect opportunity perfect tournament to do it interesting booking we can get, we'll obviously maybe talk about that when we talk about the final uh, we've got the other semi-final which was Road Dog versus X-Pac uh, I think this was I personally think this was a poor choice especially with the fact that the match went 3 minutes and 8 seconds uh, Scott was yeah. you, was, do you think that there was any there were, there were friends at this point in time it was built as a bit of respect but for it to go on 3 minutes yeah I've kind of noted that out no, I doing like building up the fact that both having them both cut in uh, and there'll be an interview talking about how difficult it is to fight your friend uh-huh. and the match went three minutes so it wasn't that really wasn't really that difficult for you was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well they did kind of play that the X Factor kind of came out of nowhere but still like at least give it a few more minutes because you could have like could have spared a few minutes it's a semi-final of the King of the Ring it could have went five minutes at least yeah and I mean, we kind of talked about most of. We kind of thought that China might have been a better choice to go through in this one. So uh, Ross, I mean, maybe they've had China X Pac. We kind of played into what we saw three months earlier at WrestleMania, where Triple H and China screwed screwed them over. Would you, would you have preferred to see that get a bit of continuity from yeah, what we saw a few months before? It would have continued the feud because uh, was an off feud at SummerSlam. I think it was it was two members of DX against a different two members of DX, and it was for like the rights. Yeah. It was or was that the month before because they were calling Road Dog and X Pac? I think it was. I think it was. I can't really remember that. It wasn't the SummerSlam because no. uh, X Pac teamed with Kane, Kane to oh, take yeah. on uh, Taker and Big Show. I, I think it was the month before. Then it was like they'd won the rights to DX. Mm-hmm. This was sort of like the blow off. You you've done me over at WrestleMania. I've taken the merch rights to DX. Let's let's settle it at King of the Ring. Actually, I think, I think it may have been at the fully loaded after it because Rock faced Triple H mm-hmm. and Taker faced uh, Austin, so it kind of worked with that one. I mean, Strack, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, obviously three minutes. Uh, it didn't feel like there was any kind of heat between. I don't, I don't think it was. Really nah, as I said, it made more sense to put China through because um, mm. obviously when the whole Triple H pedigree road dog, China makes the one goes through, keeps the animosity going because it kind of with two of them being friends, it kind of just ground. A halt, just stop because mm-hmm. it's like there's no momentum, there was no two of them didn't really want a desire to win because they didn't want to beat their best friend and kind of things like that. And it's like, nah, China should have went over and it should have been China against X Pac. And then, uh, depends, it really does depend who you could have been put for there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh it would China X Pac uh, made made more sense to me, and potentially either would have been China using Triple H 
to beat X-Pac or X-Pac getting his revenge cleanly. Well, you could have had Road Dog. If they do Road Dog over and then they're about to screw over X-Pac, mm-hmm. you could have Road Dog run out and maybe take out Triple H mm-hmm. and the distraction gets... Like, X-Pac was the plucky underdog. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Roll Up was sort of his thing. Yeah. Like, that distracts China and then fair out of nowhere, X-Pac would roll up. I mean, the other, the other thing you consider as well, I mean, if Road Dog won this match, then we would have had Billy Gunn and Road Dog in the final. Yeah, would that well. would that would that would would that be better on paper? Obviously, I mean, obviously the outlaws. We talked to earlier on the outlaws didn't yeah. really face each other. Would, would that be the match worthy of the final at the time? It could have been interesting because it's, it's obviously there's been a lot of real kind of heat behind just being the final. It would have been also a heat because of two former teammates. And they didn't really have a clean breakup. I think they kind of just no. Billy Gunn just casually started going going heel. And Road Dog was obviously face. It wasn't yeah. really a. Was it not Billy Gunn just randomly went after the hardcore title and Road Dog won the Intercontinental title? That was pre WrestleMania and then yeah, DX broke so up. They, they, kind of they didn't break up, they just kind of went, I'm going for this title. Alright, cool, I'm going that one. Right, see you later. I like <laughs> the idea of them meeting in the tournament, but I think it's more of a semi final match than an actual final. Mm, uh, based on the actual match, do you think X Pac was the right one to go through between the two? Yeah. yeah. Aye. Okay, so moving on to the final now, there's a couple of points in this one, obviously the fight, the match itself and obviously based on our fantasy booking on the tournament, who would have got here. What was your thoughts on the match guys, first of all? Billy Gunn and X-Pac, would you have, X-Pac came in with a bit of an injury, Billy Gunn was relatively fresh, it, it and was, in fact they played on that one. They played on it, but at the same time, I know it's, like if you look at realism, because that was what Vince Russo always said, oh I like realism in wrestling, like somebody's mother in my forklift. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like realism in wrestling. The match really shouldn't have went that long because it's each guy's third match of the night. But at the same time, it was much like the Hardcore Holly thing. They built, they went too quickly. It was rushed. It was like Hardcore Holly hit one move. Oh, I can't pin him. I need to get a chair. <laughs> it, Billy Gunn was like frustrated at the ref. He hit a Feymaster out of nowhere after like two minutes, and then get started shouting, "This is Bill!" at the ref. Like you're two minutes in. Mm-hmm. Get a minute, let it breathe. Yeah, you got to remember, that's, that's about halfway in a five minute match though, so <laughs> this is when it starts building towards an end. Uh, no, uh, Scott Strack, do you agree with that? Disagree? Uh, let's say that I'd have put China over and put her in the final with X Park. Because then you would kind of, obviously, you need to readjust the brackets, but having China against X Park, you could, yeah, again, you could maybe have maybe had a She's potentially could win the first Queen of the Ring, he's a blocky underdog every supporting, so you kinda you'd split the divide, but no, it's it's kinda the way they done Billy Gunn to win it. I think because they were looking at Billy Gunn because he was athletic, he had the look, he had the, the ability. I think they had maybe plans for him for King of the Ring and that's why they maybe gave him it and then as time went on they went They must have dropped that idea very, very quickly, as shown the next night where he lost to Bradshaw. Aye. Uh, Scott, what's your fuck to you? I was going to say, like, this is the finals of the King of the Ring, and it went like 5 minutes 30 seconds. Remember that thing? So. Well, you got to remember one of the most famous King of the Ring victories, Austin's with Jake Roberts, lasted. I ain't lucky if it lasted 5 minutes. Yeah, but Jake was like, injured, he was at the hospital. Mm. Yeah, I mean, these were two guys who were sort of in the prime of their careers. I know it's the third match, but given it, given it a couple of months, like, they go for the finishers, like, quickly, like, and, uh, the famous are off the middle rope, like that's a good finish, mm-hmm. but it's not a five minutes into the match kind of finish. The finish, like both men have like kicked out a big moves, the matches went a decent length, and then pulls out this move because it's the only way you can put the other guy away. Mm-hmm. So it's like for the length, uh, that's uh, no. 
Uh, I know we're, we're going to have to do this bit quickly, and I know it's hard because this is a talked about point in wrestling many years. Uh, many people don't think Billy Gunn should have won it in hindsight. Uh, who do we think should have won the tournament, Scott? Big Show. Big Show. Obviously, you're, you you were happy with the bracket though, but Big Show going through. Yeah, because I, I still had Xbox in the finals because you feel like he's been the underdog play like the David and Goliath thing, him going up against the Giant, hmm. but eventually like he's injured, so he, he can't do it. Interesting. Still builds sympathy for him and gives Big Show this big win because people forget he would win the title that year, so they clearly had more of a plan for him than they did with Billy. Well, you got to remember they kind of flog him in the title match at the last oh, minute, so uh, yeah, Ross. Well, yeah. uh, China beating Road Dog, Expert beating China in the final, and then in the other bracket, instead of Kane beating Big Show and Billy Gunn beating Kane, I'd had Big Show win the two matches, and then it'd be like a David Goliath match, and X Pac just comes up short. And Big Show winning again. Big Show winning King of Strike, you kind of said there you would have shifted the brackets and had China X-Pac in the final? Aye. So I'd either give it to one of the two. Either China would be the first queen in the ring or because it would be believable because I mean, as much as Asuka and Charlotte are good wrestlers, you couldn't put them in no be somebody because in need respect but they would get crushed. Especially mm. imagine Charlotte versus Baron Corbin. That would be, that would be hilarious but it would, be, <laughs> would not end well. It's a fair point, fair point. Quacky, you've observed this conversation. Do you kind of agree with the guys I say? Yeah, range of the points there, but my overall winner, I would have said China, personally. I thought China would have been a fair shoot. We'd have created a bit of history. We could have could have went somewhere, but we never know. So, yeah, we have none of us have picked Billy Gunn, which is fair to well, say. Well, China would win. She'd be more memorable than Billy Gunn as a winner. Oh, totally, totally. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm quite glad that we've not just booked it straight. This is a good sign for the second half of the show, where we'll be talking about the other matches that feature on the card. So, we've got a tag team matchup a world championship match and a handicap ladder match so stay tuned to the second half where we'll talk about that so for now here's what kind of happened after the show so this is a bit of a feeling what we're going to talk about so enjoy we'll see you in a bit ladies and gentlemen this is Aaron Echo you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet what a time to be alive well, ladies and gentlemen here we are yes indeed the ownership of the WWF on the line oh this is terrible JR And talking about that match last night because the picture showed at the beginning of our show exactly what happened. Stone Cold Steve Austin beats your and when I went to get that briefcase, someone pulled a little string. That's a fact. Sour grapes. Hey, long story short, it was a bunch of BS. But knowing Vince, knowing you and that little bastard son of yours like I do. Knowing that I might get screwed, old Stone Cold Steve Austin took out a little insurance policy, and I'll tell you what it is. What's he talking about? Insurance policy. 
Vince, last night before that match, Old Stone Cold wrote himself up a new contract. So when you look at that contract and you see those extra zeros, when you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, you will know where that extra cash goes. What? He made himself a new contract? Why not? He's Secondly, and look at me with your little beady eyes when I speak to you. You remember that clause you had a while back? It said, I can never assault you unless you actually physically provoke me. Well, that's all been changed. Changed? From now on, Vince. From now on, it's open season on Vince McMahon. So what that means is, anytime you show up at a Monday Night Raw, as soon as you step out of that car, when you step out of that car, Stone Cold Steve Austin can punch you right in the mouth. What? And the only thing you can do about it, Vince, is reach down, pick up your little teeth, put them in your shirt pocket, and go on about your business. You mean while he was still the CEO, he wrote himself now a new contract? If you decide not to come to work, that means Stone Cold can drive to Greenwich, Connecticut, knock on your front door. When you answer that front door, I can punch you right in your mouth. And the only thing you can do about it is pick up your little teeth, put them in your shirt pocket, and say, Linda, Stone Cold knocked out some more of my teeth. Look at me, you son of a... When I was the CEO, I said, at a time and place determined by me, I would once again be the World Wrestling Federation champion. So, you said it all right. I said, look at me, you knowing that I might be screwed at King of the Ring on June 27th. I booked on June 28, 1999, in Charlotte, North Carolina, a World Wrestling Federation title match. A title match tonight. Oh no! Wait! No! No! So, let's so what I'm saying is this: What I'm saying is, if you want to see Stone Cold versus The Undertaker for the WWF title, give me a hell yeah! Oh no! 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 That's that was almost it, but not quite. Also, the stipulation tonight, Vince, if anyone some from the back gets within 10 feet of that ring, that big dead is disqualified, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is still the World Wrestling Federation champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat on Suplex. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Strack, Ross and Scott and we are doing our first ever How We Booked It Differently and we're talking about the 1999 King of the Ring. First of all, a big thanks to Aaron Echo for doing a wee soundbite for us there, a wee intro. It is indeed a great time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it wrong against Stephen. What a that time was, to be alive. That was, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Thankfully, he's a good man. So, it's cheers, on the Aaron. Internet forever. <laughs> <laughs> a good man who had a bad night on Sunday. A very bad night. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel for him. 
So yes, so far we have talked about how we'd have done the King of the Ring tournament in the King of the Ring 1999 differently. If you're listening and want to join the debate and tell us how you would have booked this in any of the matches coming up, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Suplex Retweet. If you are being inspired to now watch the 1999 King of the Ring, take a picture and give us it on Instagram, again, at Suplex Retweet. Right, so let's talk about the rest of the matches and I think we should briefly talk about the tag team match that was on the card and no... I'm not gonna lie, probably people will probably forget that was really on the card when we had the Hardys versus the Brood, Edge and Christian. I mean, on paper, not really a forgettable match, but this match also happened on Heat and then it happened again on the main show. Strack, what was your thoughts? Would you have booked this on the show again? I don't know. What I would have. I mean, you hate multiple man matches, but maybe what I would have done was. I'd have maybe done a three. Like the the acolytes with the tag titles, mm-hmm. they're giving it to Billy Gunn for some random reason. <laughs> um, have the APA, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian in a three-way kind of thing, mm-hmm. because the match was really good. And I think WWE, that's the point they kind of realised what they did, because I think they gave the Hardys the titles. Was it the month after? Was it? Uh, I can't really remember. They had, they had the ladder matches a couple of months, a few months later. This, the, this, this, the one that ended in the ladder match, so the series. So, I mean, they, they realised what they had then, and I mean, the Hardys were kind of green, but at the same time, they were still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge and Christian were kind of building themselves as being really good. Yeah. I liked the Brood. I did really, I loved the, the whole Brood. The Brood were brilliant. I hated when they put the Gangrel with the Hardys, so that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, and they put Michael Hayes, they swapped Michael Hayes um, with Did it. you notice that King Ringo, Michael Hayes came out wearing the same as Jeff Hardy? Yeah. It's like your dad going to a party <laughs> where you go, oh look, we look like, like brothers. No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. Um, that was Michael Hayes, 19 years and 19 stone ago. <laughs> uh, Scott Strat kind of mentioned the Acolytes, who were the tag team champions at this point in time. Uh, obviously, these two had a match on Heat when... Would you have kind of not had the match on Heat and then put the Acolytes well, against one of these two? I think the reason they had this match on the main show is because they were kind of tied to do with the, what to do with like the titles. Because as we all know, Billy Gunn came out before I mentioned that came out with one of the titles because he helped the Acolytes retain a six man and carried one won the belt around the as if he was a tag team champion. Mm-hmm. And made his, what made his win more likely more lightless because no crowd, no post match, we just a guy holding up a tag title and buggering off. But Aye. It's so like if the we just kept the acolytes as tag champs and not involved Billy Gunn. We, we could have done like still have the acolytes interfere on heat and have well, Michael's mean like you've interrupted this number of containers match, so we're going to have the, the triple threat on the main show because we've seen that that kind of booking decision done before. Somebody gets involved in number one contenders match, mm. and that leads to a lot of match. Like when Asuka interfered in the last three the bat of a battle royal, she then got me to defend her title on a four way on NXT. Mm, that's interesting. That's, that's, that's a very good thought, Ross. Do you disagree with that or kind of agree? I wouldn't have put it back on the show. I'd uh, maybe had JR between matches because I know it was used as that sort of buffer. Mm-hmm. You could have shown highlights, just went, uh, here's what happened tonight in Heat, ladies and gentlemen. We should have had number one contenders. Uh, Commissioner Michael says there'll be a ruling tomorrow after the Bradshaw Billy Gunn match. Mm-hmm. And once, uh, obviously, we've seen Bradshaw beat Billy Gunn, you could have had uh, the Hardys and Edge and Christian attack. And like Scott said, triple threat down the, down the road a bit. Because it was just... The match went about two minutes on heat. And then here it went about now four minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a waste of time. And you've got two hours of TV to fill the next couple of weeks. Why not just save that for TV? Uh, definitely some interesting points on that. Maybe not as much of a waste of time as I thought, you know. But it would have been nice to see the accolades as the tag champions being actually on the show. Instead well, of them being wasted. They could have done a promo, maybe like bragging about what they've done. 
I think we've talked about it more th- longer than the match actually happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, that was that match. And now let's move on to the first of our big matches we had. It was for the World Championship. It was The Rock, the number one contender, taking on the champion, The Undertaker. <laughs> Is that what you were plugging in earlier? What? No, it was on the plug then. Yes, for those of you not in the studio, Quacker just left up a smoke machine. <laughs> and the Undertaker has is is not appeared. Scott, look, Scott looks fairly unimpressed. He was hoping for Taker there. It was Scott's. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I'm maybe going to move my my hoodie was next to the smoke machine in the studio. I'm maybe going to move it away there. Oh my god, it stinks in here now. I'm so happy with myself. Quacko's lit up a smoke bomb. Just to let you guys know, I came in the studio and Quacko was like, Look. (laughs) Are you alright, Quacko? Is that your your moment done? Yeah. I'm I'm done. The smoke machine itself didn't give me a fright. It was Scott jumping up like a squirrel going, what the? <laughs> well, it's right, right under next to my foot here. He thought he spontaneously combusted. I, I kicked it as well at one point in the first half. I just went... I don't know what to do a Dave and ruin the technical equipment, so I just went, Ugh, I'll just leave that. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe lie and say it wasn't me. I don't even I don't even know what that was. I thought something had went wrong. <laughs> Would you think the computer blew up? I don't know what happened. Anyway, let's 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 go away from the smoke machine here. So again, so Quacko's idea. I hold my hand up. Uh, let's get back to the match. Now we kind of talked about it pre-show. We'll go to Scott. Scott, well, try and regain your focus here. Uh, these two got a couple of pre-match promos. An Undertaker was um, rather confusing, rather cryptic at his best. I mean, first of all, would you have had these two in the championship match? Was this right in, for this pay-per-view? Uh, well, I think this is kind of a buffer match for uh, Taker comes to pay-per-view because uh, he won the title for Austin. And then he and Austin fought again the next pay-per-view. I think it's just while Austin was feuding with the McMahons. This was just, we needed a big star for the Undertaker to defend his tail against. And there were a few bigger than The Rock. Mm-hmm. So, I don't uh, deny these two are a viable like championship match on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's the, the kind of match itself now. Uh, Ross has the biggest rock mark that <laughs> I know. Um, were you happy with how this match went for him? Did you think the kind of... I enjoyed the match, uh, but as part of my fantasy booking, I still would have had Undertaker win because uh, uh, it's The Rock's birthday, and you're saying you would have read. I the Rock. still love him more than life itself. Do <laughs> you remember my first show in here when I declared I love The Rock more than my mother? <laughs> Scott, how did that go down? Actually, now I'm asking, how did uh, your mother react to that? She, she really still can't get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, think I brought Scott with me tonight so so I can get back in the house? He opens the door and I sneak in behind him. <laughs> no. Uh, Simple, simply because just looking at the card itself, uh, I'd have had Rock feuding with Triple H after King of the Ring and Big Show feuding with Undertaker, so it would have went well. It, the match itself, again, was a bit of realism because... Sorry, Quick is moving me here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to turn off the smoke machine so I don't kill you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought we were friends. <laughs> We are, but you're still not immune from our pranks. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the match itself had a bit of realism. You look at the size of the Undertaker, you know, the power of him against The Rock, who, again, like we said with Billy Gunn Kane earlier, Rock's a big guy, but not compared to Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was fighting from under. Every time he got the advantage, the heel manager helped him. 
you know, there was three or four times it looked like he'd won the title until eventually Triple H came out and cost him. Mm-hmm. And I think that worked. I think that worked well. But in answer to the question, is it right for the was it right title match for the show? Considering when you look at that eight in the King of the Ring tournament, it could have done with maybe a rock and a Triple H in there. Probably could have done with a bit more star power. I think uh, Strack, yeah. do, do you kind of agree on that one? That maybe they could have put Taker against maybe you know like like likes of a Kane or something like that at this one, and maybe put the Rock or something in the in the King of the Ring. See, yeah, again, I don't like kind of do the multi-man booking, but I mean Triple H was doing nothing, so you could have done something with that. But I mean, just have looked at this here. There was no Intercontinental title match, and there was no European title match. Who were the champs at this point? That's what I was trying to go and I can't find out. Is it not D'Lo Brown? I don't think either champion was on. I think I don't think either the Intercontinental or European I think it was, was on this I, show. I think D'Lo Brown was the champ. Was he not a double champion? Because he fought Jarrett in the ne- uh, at the next one. For both I, the belts and Mark Henry. I saw, uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett went out in the first round, so he was an Intercontinental champion at this point, I think. Uh, maybe D'Lo Brown was the European champion, I think. Yeah. So uh, D'Lo Brown wasn't even in the bracket. <laughs> was he on heat? Let me check this out. I'm going to quickly check. He wasn't even on heat. You know, so we had no use for D'Lo Brown at all. So obviously he could have been in the King of the Ring tournament. You know, I just noticed that there's like the champion. Obviously, they had quite a few matches. You had the, the King of the Ring tournament and stuff like that. But just I'm kind of there's no title feel behind it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Rock and uh, Undertaker. It was a good match. It was obviously kind of the corporate Undertaker and the Rock kind of trying to build himself up now as a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would have been if you put Triple H as a special ref. And he just constantly screwing the rock over. Mm. Um, Shawn Michaels came over and intervened. He'd have made the count for the Undertaker, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, oh, I don't want to, but I have to. Could have been obviously a bit more interesting. The whole smelly rag <laughs> angle. Yeah, was, that was that was the one I was going to come into next. I mean, obviously, um, Undertaker's quite, uh, tactics may have been quite questionable. They seemed quite mixed to me. I mean, in the space of the match, he firstly took out the referee in the first minute. No, the first second. The first set, I was right at the start. The guy didn't... Mike Yoda hadn't even given the title belt to the timekeeper. Mm-hmm. He still had the title belt in hand. <laughs> so then there was that. Uh, I talked about his pre-show, Paul Bearer in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, have, I mean we, have, have you seen a shoe used as a weapon since then? Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez at SummerSlam 2012. Oh yeah, we did talk about that pre-show. Right, he, threw, <laughs> he threw it at Del Rio. For him to use, and Seamus caught it and hit him with But was it used in such an evil way as Paul Bearer did? Well, I mean, he hit him with such malice. <laughs> hit him with such malice, and he held the shoe like a, like the arm. Was it not, not an Austin Powers body that used this shoe? Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was meant to be odd job. He was a, pissed, uh, a Mickey take of... Why am I worried about swearing? Scott already swore. Uh, when? No, I think he survived. Uh, when you took, when they took the med- Why are we talking about Austin Powers? Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so flustered in my point. Really, this match, they, they, the attitude is kind of guilty of this. Occasionally, like sometimes they had shenanigans and it worked, but then there's a match like this where it's kind of a bunch of shenanigans just for the sake of it, like the multiple ref bumps within the first few minutes, the shoe, as funny <laughs> as it was, and then the rag. With the ether ball with the big sign on it said ether in case we didn't get what it was supposed to be. That just reminded me of like uh, a Tom and Jerry style cartoon where it's like Tom's evil plan and it's like this big bottle with a label on it so you know what he's using and he's like evil plan. <laughs> yeah, I can eat ether. Did Undertaker look really stupid though? The fact that 
obviously, first of all, he had to get this do that, do these tactics, and then the ether didn't work. You know, did he look stupid as well? Oh no, the ether did work. It worked on him. Aye, it worked on him because <laughs> <laughs> he ducked, rock ducked, and caused the ref was down. He kicked him in the the dead man danglies. And, uh, <laughs> he, he looked stupid in that. Why would he attack the ref right off the bat? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I didn't think he could get much stupider than his, than his promo before it. I mean, well, it's the ref get knocked down, and they didn't do anything illegal. And then the ref got back up, and it was a no DQ match. They fought through at the arena. Sorry, it wasn't a no DQ match. They fought through at the arena. They both used the guardrails as weapons. Rock used a chair. Undertaker used a ring bell. And then we needed a ref bump again for Triple H was to interfere. Like the, I'm the, pretty sure Triple H interfering was the most tame thing about it. Oh, the, ch- the, the chair bounced onto the ring bell, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was quite uh, you can see the rocks at him. One, two, three, <laughs> donk. <laughs> and you, you, if you pause it at the right moment, because my network was buffering, the rock's not expecting such force, so you just see the fear in the rock's eyes as this chair's coming towards him. The great one clearly wasn't as polished at this point in his career as he no. was going forward. And obviously, get the, you talked about his backstage... Uh, mishap not long after this yeah he walked into shot <laughs> I'd actually say something as well I started watching wrestling just after this and uh, the Undertaker when he came back was riding a bike so I only knew Undertaker as the biker taker and one of my pals told me oh the Undertaker once burnt down the Brahma Bull and because Undertaker had a bike I assumed it was a bike or a car that the Rock rode to the ring and they called it the Brahma Bull <laughs> wasn't it years later I bought a uh, Best of the Rock video, about a global video, showing your age. Call <laughs> yeah. yourself a fan. <laughs> a global video, and I'm like, oh god, I'm going to get to see him burn the Brahma Bull, this will be cool. And it was like a foam finger hanging for the rafters, <laughs> that just randomly caught fire. I mean, Quacko's smoke machine was more impressive. <laughs> I'm quite hey, happy you said, smoke machine was the bomb. I'm quite happy you actually pointed out Biker, because you said, the other thing I'd ride a bike, I'm thinking a bike with a basket, <laughs> <laughs> and ringing the bell when he's coming down to the ring. Well, one thing I didn't get, obviously, around about this time, obviously, Taker was meant to be the leader of the corporate ministry. We didn't see any corporate ministry involvement. Would you like to have seen a corporate ministry involvement to help him? Strack? Well, how do you have it at the time? You had Viscera, you had Midian, you had, obviously, the APA, or the Acolytes. Yeah, none, of them, involved in the, none of them involved in the card. Triple you know? H kind of just came out, done... A, why does a rock take such weird bumps? Like, the pedigree, and he put his knee down. Aye, and there was that. And it worse than... Take a pedigree way. He's Rock was down for so long as well before Taker made the cover. Am I right? I think I'm right. right, right same no, he was down for a while, and so was Undertaker. And then Rock got back up, and I think he took too long to get back up from the pedigree. So Undertaker to let stagger his sort of coming back to his feet because the finish was he walked straight into a tombstone. One, two, three. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we've seen with Booker T at WrestleMania 19, the pedigree kills you. You'll stay down forever with that pedigree. Booker T, I think, was down for half the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should, like, reel him, reel him back. Do you know about there being no interference? Like, they make a point in the ladder match in the promo video that Austin won a match, therefore there was no interference. So that explained why none of them got involved. Was that not just the ladder be? match, though? Yeah, that's what I said. No, was that aye? So why? So, why, why, so they think they would have got involved so, in okay, so they could have got involved. You know, my point, like, you had Viscera and Midian on, the, on Heat, so they were, you know they were around... I mean, mm. Triple H even made a point where he was teasing, it wasn't with the minister than he was, so you can't really, don't know if he can count, you don't even know why he interfered in the first place. Well, uh, Triple H's one was, he wanted to face the winner of this match, I think that was emphasised so much, it's like, yeah. Triple H has challenged the winner of this match, and who faced the winner of this match? Don't call Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Something else as well, uh, 
Rock, like it's Undertaker of the Ministry, Rock was sort of like a, a Lone Ranger sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you could have had maybe the APA. We said I said I wouldn't have them in a match. Instead of maybe doing a promo, they could have ran down and to chase them off could have been Edge and Christian. So that would have continued that storyline. It would have saved The Rock, but it wouldn't have been something random like, you know, why is Jeff Jarrett and D'Lo Brown coming to help The Rock? <laughs> well, Jeff Jarrett did once help Yokozuna beat Undertaker. <laughs> so you never... So you the never, Nexus once helped Kane beat The Undertaker. It doesn't mean it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if you look at all those guys that helped Yokozuna beat The Undertaker, I mean, none of that made sense. After the ones, I mean, Savio Vega was one of them, I think. Come on, come on. whatever happened to him. Uh, so yeah, in terms of the actual... Savio Vega morphed into Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> And then morphed again to his final form of Andrade Cien Almas. <laughs> Quacko's kind of perked up when he's heard that name. <laughs> uh, in terms of the winner, uh, was Undertaker the right man to go over on this one? Do you think, uh, was there any chance of Rock winning the belt? Probably not. Probably not here, and just because of the way I fantasy booked it of having the Rock feud with Triple H after and Undertaker feud with Big Show after. I need Undertaker to win here. It's sort of, it's sort of like a coupon thing. <laughs> you might not like that team, but you've got a coupon coming in. You want them to score first. Does anyone else feel like, uh, also this match and the ladder match are the two matches this show is built around? So there's even like ladders in the entrance ramp. Does anyone else think the the King of the Ring finals weirdly felt like the buffer match? It was like the break, the match where you could go to the toilet before the main event, even though the, the show was called King of the Ring. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling, didn't it? Okay, like when you when they put like the IC title match or the US title match between two main events on a, one of the big fours nowadays. Mm. See, I'm, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Brock Lesnar's limited schedule, but I'm a fan of the the champion doesn't have to defend the title on every pay-per-view because it doesn't happen in every special in Japan or Ring of Honor. The champion isn't always defending. Mm. Why couldn't we have had the King of the Ring and it could have been said, right, well, the winner of the King of the Ring gets to fight for the world title and then it would have been, Triple H would have entered because he wants the world title The Rock because he's a rising star at the time would have entered and you'd have had two star power names right there well if you look in the 2002 Royal Rumble that Brock Lesnar won mm-hmm. quite good that you mentioned that actually I mean what happened he, he got a title shot at SummerSlam mm-hmm. for winning the King of the Ring and know? same way Kurt Angle Kurt Angle won it in 2000 got a, obviously Triple H inserted himself because it was around about the time Triple H is and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> Triple H makes things special I mean, I mean on the note of that when we were, this is 2018 and we're talking about a pay-per-view where Triple H had no match I know which is quite something considering the fact that he's on every big show think, every big WrestleMania I think the only other two he's been on a show but not had a match was the the Survivor Series when the authority get sent away he was on the outside why was he not in the team no they were they were recruiting struggling to find a fifth member Triple H, you've won the world title 13 times at this point, mate. Do you want to maybe chuck yes, your boots on? Especially when you look at the last year's Survivor Series where he yeah. just kind of showed up and won the last Raw is going, I'm on Team Raw. Yeah, and then uh, it was uh, Stephanie McMahon's manager uh, for the Brie Bella match, which yeah. is kind of weird to look. Obviously, traditionally in wrestling, it's the woman is the valet, mm-hmm. and yet he was the valet for China and Stephanie McMahon in those two pay-per-views. Interesting. It's a good point of history, but yeah, so um, all all, all, all taker wins? No. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, you got. Well, you thought the Rock should have took the belt. Or you thought I would say the Rock to win this because this year, actually, when you look back at the results, mm. it was a downer night. Mm. Billy Gum is a heel. He won King of the Ring. The Undertaker's heel. He won the title match. The only kind of match that made the mid crowd pop for would have been the Hardys against it. But even at that, the two of them are kind of as much people they wanted Edge and Christian to be a heel with the Brood. 
they were still kind of cheered. Mm-hmm. So that was your only positive of the night, and then obviously the final match, the ladder match, that was another heel win as well. So you let you send fan. I know they say you can't always send fans ho- home happy, but come on, you'd have left that depressed. You could at least had like Austin, Stunner, Shane, or Vince get out of like frustration of getting screwed again. Yeah, because it's a pop to close the show because people are just booing and the McMahon's are scurrying away, and that's the, the end of the show. Ah, I see if Austin just kept stunning Vince and Shane every yeah. time they stepped up in the ring. That would have been hilarious, just keep doing it repetitively. Eight or, five, eight or nine stunners, just keep going. Because <laughs> yeah, they done it at uh, Survivor Series 98 when The Rock turned heel and joined the corporation. Uh, the Rock, obviously, the heel winning. They had heel matches all through the night when Mankind was a heel before the double turn. So the crowd was on a bit of a downer, as Strack says. So Stone Cold came out and stunned Rock, McMahon, and Shane. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. I didn't really think anybody would have That was a good point. You think no Strack talking about the actual crowd. So it is interesting that one. But yeah, probably not one of the more memorable championship matches I think in history. I think it's fair to say. Uh, I think though, without a shadow of doubt, for me it was the match of the night because it was a it was a typical attitude era match. Oh yeah, it was, I mean, come on, a cl- the, the ether. Right, let's go on to the main event now and it is the handicap ladder match between the McMahons and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's, if you talk about attitude era matches, this is it on yeah. in a plate. Uh, first thing I'm going to talk about is the actual pre-show Sunday Night Heat build-up where we had, obviously we talked about it briefly with Ken Shamrock getting took it by Steve Black, but this happened after Ken Shamrock took on Shane McMahon in what was essentially a one minute Shamrock beating. This was as well, this was a year later after Shamrock had won King of the Ring and he was back on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, pretty much. He was he was meant to face Vince apart, but Vince gave, uh, Shane went put himself forward. I mean, <laughs> uh, was there much point in them doing this angle? I mean, the point was, that it became that Shane got took out by Shamrock, he was not fit to compete. Did you see the point in them doing this? Yeah, was- because it led to obviously the realism of Billy Gunn taking out Ken Shamrock because he couldn't do it normally, so mm-hmm. Shamrock needed to be beaten down. And as well, it was, as we see later on, it's really a red herring. We see GTV and it's Shane McMahon backstage completely fine. It was to make it, was to make it look like he was injured worse than he was, so, he, uh, so Vince McMahon could get an actual wrestler in his corner mm, okay. and not have to worry about like, his son being a liability. Yeah, because you know, like, you tell Vince knows that even though he doesn't like Austin, Austin's uh, trained wrestler, both he and Shane aren't. Mm-hmm. So if he brought in Triple H or if he brought in Blackman, like he tried to, he could have let them do all the work while he t- climbed the ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I mean, we talk about guys, I mean, first of all, Triple H, I mean, do, would you have liked him to have just went with Triple H coming straight out? Or did you think they did the, the bit well where he was punished for interfering in the Taker Rock match? Uh, it was, really there's no way you could play it without kind of having to go into something else. I mean... Mm-hmm. Triple H had nothing to do that night, but at the same time, the crowd would have wanted to see Austin go after Triple H as much as they wanted to see Austin go after Vince and Shane. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. They wanted to see Austin just rip the two apart. I mean, obviously, the spot with the entrance where they keep throwing them through ladders, mm-hmm. and you keep thinking it's like a massive game of Jenga. <laughs> and just like a big game of Kaplunk, he's even got a chain and just pulled the thing apart and just collapsed on top of him. The crowd cheered so much for that because that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see Austin just essentially leather his boss. And yeah, his but boy. In terms of Triple H, I mean, they didn't they didn't have to put him in the match. They could have just done what they did with Blackman 
with Triple H, you know, but but I've just wasted Triple H. I think it was playing into storyline because, like you said, he got punished for interfering in the world title match. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels came down twice that mat- uh, night to stop Triple H because he also interfered in the China Road Dog match. And that's when, also, Shawn Michaels, when he first came down to the ring, because obviously the camera angles for a distance, I thought it was Nicole Bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Nicole Bass, and I went, oh no, it's Shawn Michaels, Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was. That, that was that, that's an interesting comparison. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Uh, people are frantically googling the cool bass. Like, oh God, my don't, Jesus! Don't. <laughs> Only person satisfied with that girl such as JBL. Oh, <laughs> was it not in time that, time that she was in love with Val Venus? Who Nicole Bass? Aye. I think she is Val Venus. <laughs> <laughs> Val Venus is going through a rough time. <laughs> no wonder he looks like that. <laughs> you know, you know, says the bronze honest myself here. You know, there's a reason I'm on the radio, folks. <laughs> But no, the day, so the, the whole GTC thing, you think that was done right? That was a well done. It kind of made Shane look stupid, which was good. It kind of teased that, oh no, they're, they're going to get a beat. Was that done well, you think? Yeah, yeah. It would, I, I think it worked well as well because although we never found out who was behind GTV, it's sort of like, it was a more realistic sort of, now when you see cameras backstage mm-hmm. and it's like people plotting a plan and you're like, how do you not know there's cameras everywhere? Right. Yeah, it, so I think the sort of hidden camera aspect was really well done, uh, and then obviously Shawn Michaels coming out for like the fourth time that night. He 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 was his entrance music played more times than Billy Guns that night for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so something I can want to quickly point out. Go for it. Vince came down for a promo segment with Shawn Michaels, and had his abs and guns on display with a tight vesty. Uh, and then he wrestled the match with a baggy t-shirt hiding the muscles like surely the wrestling match you want to intimidate your opponent get the guns out Vince and when you're walking about backstage have a bit of decency put a shirt on you've, you've clearly ever been in a ladder match have you you don't want to wear bare skin when you're getting through a ladder that's very true it's rather painful well, it, well at least give me consistency you know wear a baggy t-shirt then a slightly less baggy t-shirt Especially looking at the state of Daniel Bryan's chest after the Royal, a, a Rumble match, you know. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's I think that's kind of a perfect lesson. Like the ch- the bare chest is is going to bring some pain. Uh, main event as well. I mean, this was the only match that could main event. I think it's fair to say. I think there should be no debate on that one. But is there any debate? And no, the the, the stakes of WWE being on the line. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have put anything. It'd look stupid to put. Pack and Billy Gunn, which was the King of the Ring fight. But you, you get with people, people, there is people out there who always say the title match should always main event. So I don't. Is this, is this the perfect example of the title should not main event? No. It, if you have a show big enough where the title doesn't need to main event, that shows you your roster stacked. But plus, this was kind of the hottest feud of that time period, Austin and McMahon. And plus, like Ross said, it is like ownership of the company is on the line, so probably going to have it as the main event. Mm-hmm. In terms of the actual match, I mean, it was. Uh, did the McMahons get more offense than you thought, or did it kind of go perfectly? Yeah, struck. So it was quite well balanced. There mm. was there wasn't too much that it looked like they were getting a bit over, and then obviously the whole point be Austin reaching for the briefcase, and then getting pulled out of his reach. Yeah, we're going to talk about the briefcase. Now. Uh, <laughs> I, I could talk all day about that briefcase. It was it was it was well done. Um, I, I don't think it was kind of a one sided because if it looked one sided, Austin just whipping the two of them. Mm. It would have, it would not really went much well, but mm. the story it was good as well. I mean, imagine getting made assistant manager, then just challenging your boss to ownership of his company and then learn them. 
Mm, yeah, in I modern, mean, in real life, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at kind of, uh, we'll talk about the briefcase now. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the match finished to this one. Uh, Austin went for the briefcase, and the briefcase kept going higher and higher. And then <laughs> uh, when the McMahons went up, it got drastically lower. Did uh, Ross? Did you like the finish? Did you think that was done, or would you rather just seen? I'd have rather have seen Bossman was fired mm. uh, before it. I'd, I'd have rather just seen, you know, there was a no corporate interference and it would have been, well, boss man wasn't with the company, mm-hmm. you know, and he will, uh, we could have had Vince say, as full owner of this company, I will make sure that fan that jumped the guardrail will be punished, and then just say, like, no, he's re-signed, but he's getting fined his first month's wages, that'd be, like, the sort of deal they put in place, because mm-hmm. it, it was the Raw after, King of the Ring, the Raw in the Ring, boss man comes out to his old school, early 80s theme song, mm-hmm. And you think, oh God, what's going to happen? Is he, is, he, is he a good guy again? And he just hugs Vince and says, oh, we're back together, guys. And it's like, oh, so it was Bossman. Bossman yeah. was basically up in the rafters with the direction of Vince gone, pull it higher. But they never officially revealed yeah. who nah. it was. They sort I mean, of kind of just hinted at it, and I think that was what Vince McMahon sort of walked away gone. We hinted at it. They think they're smart enough. They should know. There's a there's a great bit on the the VHS of this. Yes, VHS before DVDs Vasa. and before Netflix. Uh, we're Austin going back, running backstage, going, "Who lifted that briefcase? Who lifted? That? Who was it?" He just kept. He was hunting for this. Uh, Scott, would it been nice to have seen them actually kind of reveal it on the show? Yeah, but we talked about the GTV thing earlier on. Like that was a good way. It was good how that played in the match in the way that they try to screw Austin by lifting the briefcase, but. The only downside to both of those is they never fully unveiled who was behind it. It's probably Hornswoggle. I know, I was going to say, eventually... He's probably behind GTV as well, you know. I was going to say, I'm still waiting for the day they could bring him out on Raw to reveal that he's the guy behind it, because they did it with the enormous Raw GM thing. Mm-hmm. I hate Hornswoggle. You're not happy with his appearance at the Greatest Royal Rumble? Oh. What do you mean, when he killed the revival? <laughs> I I wanted someone like a former football player, maybe like a Titus O'Neill, when he was back <laughs> on his feet. When he was back on his feet to punt him across that stadium. See how far across the desert they could get him. Or like Braun Strowman, see how far back yeah. you can get, get him in the cheap seats. Magic tossing's still legal there. It's one of the few things that is legal. Quacker <laughs> <laughs> Quacker is walking up again. Uh, one of the more underrated moments of that battle royal, by the way, was uh, Strowman chasing Hawkins. Oh, that was oh, brilliant. That. Like, that's a great moment. But uh, <laughs> in terms of how this match went, obviously the McMahons won... But then we got the next night as we had uh, listened to Jubia the break where Austin came out and said, I had a clause in my contract that says I should be, I should go for the title. Um, should they have just went for the title in the first place at King of the Ring and we would have got all this all the way? I mean, there would have been some sort of stipulation to I it. think it was sort of keeping Austin as the, because obviously there was, you see it in the promo we put on the break. He said there was a clause saying he couldn't attack Shane and Vince. And that sort of thing where he needed to go through that to get to them he had so much rage built up to them he knew he was getting a shot eventually mm-hmm. and if you have Stone Cold come out and make himself the champion it's sort of under undermining his whole gimmick of the everyman the blue collar guy it sort of turns him into Triple H to be honest with you mm-hmm. yeah I mean Scott do you agree? <laughs> but we can't hear your shrug of the shoulders <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> <laughs> yes or no Scott yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, about different things. The biggest, anti-cli- the biggest anti-climax since the Raw GM was revealed. <laughs> uh, Strack, did you think uh, this was right to be on the show? You think Austin should have just went for the championship? 
No, I'd say because as I said before, they kind of did like the whole Austin going after the two of them and getting a, a physical match because kind of the attacks that Austin was on, Daniel McMahon was working on back ma- matches and then even the Royal Rumble for 1999 was just oh, Vince got out of the ring, then Austin got hospitalised and never really get his hands on him that way. Mm-hmm. But so it's, it's quite good to see him kind of get his hands on him but kind of thought for the analogy for today's is Austin is on the ladder and the briefcase going up and down is like the world title shot and Austin is <laughs> Braun Strowman <laughs> <laughs> going up there, coming back down there. <laughs> Fair point. I mean, in terms of the actual winner of the match, uh, they did get this right with the McMahon's winning. You think that was only logical? I mean, could, how, they couldn't have really got much more longevity of Austin being yeah. the CEO, could they? Have? No, really, not really, because like, as much as it would be a send the crowd home, have a finish, as we said before, if Austin had won, like you knew when he got made CEO, this was a this only has a limited run in it. Mm-hmm. It's only so long they can do these like skits of him as at the ballroom. Oh, but they were great. Yeah, they were fun. Oh, it was, like, so it was beer. It was just a uh, beer. We had beer. Good beer. <laughs> The thing is, as well, the, these skits, as Scott said, only had so much longevity. Yeah. You either end it quickly and you look back on them fondly, or it sort of pitters out until it's on WWE.com with the fashion files. Yeah, like that, or that, the M. <laughs> or the M. <Roger laughs> where it just sort of one week it was just like, oh, we're, we're, we're not doing that anymore. It's like, no, Edge broke the computer. Yeah. Aye, but then, no, that was in 2010, and at WrestleMania in 2011, The Rock was arguing with the computer. It was still there. <laughs> like, like, if Austin had won here and kept the skits going, as funny as they would have been, eventually they would have found like some convoluted way of getting power back off him. And you know, it would have been something that we're still talking about how little sense it makes given the time period it was in. Hmm. Yeah, no, true, true. There's some very good points in that match, and we've done a lot of good points on um, all the matches on the card. I mean, briefly before we finish off, I mean, was there anything else you would have booked differently? I mean, Strat could have mentioned Intercontinental title, European title. Anything else you could have thought would have booked differently in this show? I'd yeah, they just kind of put the, the acolytes in with the Hardys, kind of just made that a three-way. Mm. They still made the APA retain, mm. but I'd have maybe still put them in it, I'd say just randomly. Billy Gunn held this title while you're doing the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, Phil Ross? I would have just had the King of the Ring tournament and then the, the McMahon's one. The King of the Ring tournament being for a number one contenders match, mm-hmm. you could have had the tag title match actually on Sunday Night Heat, mm-hmm. and it would have gave, like they're talking about the network, you know, certain matches they put on the pre-show, is to drag viewers in. Mm-hmm. That could have been to drag viewers in, you could have had a triple threat for the tag titles on free TV, and then a eight-man tournament with the likes of The Rock and Triple H now in it mm. for the WWE title. Would have been an interesting booking. We could have seen a bigger, a much bigger name winning it. Actually, yeah, I think exactly. to be fair, than Billy Gunn, who did absolutely nothing. Well, I think it's a, if it's not obvious already after it, Billy Gunn didn't beat anyone of note mm. to get there. Like, sorry, he beat Kane, but he beat Kane through cheating. Mm-hmm. Like, if Billy Gunn had went through that tournament and beat The Rock and Triple H, it'd have been like it's something to hang his hat on. Oh, by the way, we should maybe take notice of him. And then he, get, but then he gets squashed by The Rock at SummerSlam. <laughs> Sorry, just before Scott makes his quick point, they sort of just booked themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. They had Rock lose to Austin three times in a row, then they had him lose to Undertaker, and it was sort of like, you go to SummerSlam 99, it's like, we've just booked day two in a match, who do we see going further? And it's like, you look at Billy Gunn, you look at the Rocks, like, aye Billy, you're no winning. <laughs> we we kind of need to rebuild him. You're out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott? Yeah, so how quickly do they forget whatever plans they had from if they had him lose immediately the next night to Bradshaw? Mm-hmm. of it. Other than what we said when we were talking about the actual tournament and having arranging the brackets, having Big Show win, mm. I wouldn't actually. The only other thing I would change was like having an actual tag title match. Mm. 
and uh, like I don't mind doing the screwy finish as long as there's an explanation but at least I've lost like Stunner or maybe Shane as Vince runs away with the briefcase to send the crowd home happy and take her like beat building up as a heel challenge eventually getting taken down again by the, the heel at Austin I'd still have him beat The Rock mm, Interesting Quacko you've observed from afar <laughs> have you got any anything you would have changed? Um, probably that dark match did we mention the dark match? What, we meet in Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. Kurt Angle debuted, and he lost to Sean Stasiak. Yes, mm. folks, that did happen. Hall yep. of Famer, Kurt Angle. Thanks for following Sean, by the way. Sean does follow us on Twitter. <laughs> there are like also four Sunday he matches. I looked them up. None of them went more than two minutes. The Shamrock Shane thing went 47 seconds. Yeah, it was a bit, wasn't exactly, you know, Kalisto versus Cedric Alexander, or Mustafa Ali, sorry, versus Cedric Alexander, you know. Meat. <laughs> to me, meat sounds like the absolute heel you'll send to a vegan conference or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be such a good heel. He was with Terry Runnels and Jacqueline at that point, wasn't he? Because that's uh, why he was called meat, because uh, he was a sex slave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the pre- pretty mean sisters, PMS. WWE! In the attitude there, folks. Yeah, so that has been <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> so, yeah, that has been our How We the Booked It. Definitely the first one ever. I think it went pretty well. We have all agreed that Billy Gunn should not win the King of the Ring most of us thought Undertaker should have won but again there's some different opinions and it's always good that we didn't just say Billy Gunn wins the tournament Undertaker wins really clover form and Austin loses it so that's all good so yeah if you have listened to us for the first time and you have enjoyed what you've heard from Suplex Retweet uh, follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram we are at Suplex Retweet next week we have got our controversial side of wrestling show which features the return of Drew Gulak, <laughs> otherwise known as David Hockney. Yes, he returns to host. Uh, Yay! Well, I thought you were getting the actual Drew Gulak in. <laughs> or underwhelming. Because imagine if uh, Drew Gulak just shows up. Yeah. That'd be great. Quacko would be so happy. He wouldn't have to tell much. Uh, so yeah, that's next week. And the following weeks, we've also got our Wrestling Families show and our British Invasion show. Plus, 30th of May, four weeks today, Suplex Retreat will be doing our first ever all-women's panel show. So that's going to be historic, wo- historic <laughs> women, first time ever, <laughs> historic. <laughs> I love that was great, Ross. Well done. Uh, so yeah, um, me and Quack are going to take a break that night and let the women of Suplex Retweet take charge. So historic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> women, revolution. If we're not here in June, Stephanie McMahon wrong. <laughs> So from us at Suplex Retweet, I would like to thank my panel, Stephen Strack and Strack. Thanks for having me. Ross McLeod. Women! Historic! <laughs> <laughs> Revolution! I'm turning you down, you're certain too much. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling. <laughs> Scott McLeod. Billy Gunn was rubbish. King got screwed. <laughs> Thanks for getting the focus back on the show, shot, Scott. Women! <laughs> me young. That was, my, that was more my personal love of Kane coming through to be honest. Hey, we're, yes. now, we're, we're now in May. It's the month of May. Yes. Me young. <laughs> we will be having the first ever fabulous Muller Memorial Eat Sleep Simulation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we, we don't have any sponsors to please, but if you'd like to sponsor us, then do give us a wee shout. Yes. Uh, from myself, Stephen Wilson and the EP Kwaku Aji. I'll just stick with goodbye. <laughs> we'll, <Woman>. see- <laughs> we'll see you next week. Till then, catch you later.